This morning, without much introduction, I just want you to turn to uh, Romans chapter 7, and a very important concept for us to understand this morning, uh, Romans chapter 7, I want to read to you, we're really only going to be going through verses 14 through 17, but I want to read to you from verse 13 um, on, actually, I'm sorry, didn't mean to confuse you, but down through the end of the chapter is where we're going this morning, Lord willing, time permitting, if the pastor doesn't talk too much. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 13. God's word says this, uh, did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin uh, producing death in me uh, through what is good in order that sin might be shown to be sin and through the commandment might be Come sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want to do, but do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. Uh, So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. Uh, For I have a desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do, do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law uh, that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. God, thank you this morning for your word, and I pray that uh, you would teach us much. I pray that we would be uh, ones that are... um, focused on the salvation that you've given us, the change that you have wrought, and the dependence that we still have on you. Uh, God, help us to not live in the flesh, but live in the spirit which you've given us. Uh, God, we're grateful for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So uh, this morning, we actually last week, we ended up, and I wanted to get that verse 13 in there because I want to highlight that verse 13 says and ends with this description of really uh, what is sin and how deep is it and how is it affecting us. He, he ends up saying sinful beyond measure. That's where we are. And now he is going to turn, and I I want you to get this. This is very important for us to understand this morning. Um, Who is Paul talking about in this passage? Uh, 
That's a huge question. And, and theologians have kind of batted that around and Bible scholars. Who is he talking about? And I, I want you to know that in the grammar, in the Greek grammar, there's a change here. It goes from really the past tense to the present tense, meaning that this is happening right now. And if you look at the language that he uses, he's talking about himself. So Paul is talking about himself in the present tense. And and this is what I want to tell you and just get stuck in your mind before we get rolling this morning. He's talking in the present tense. Is Paul a believer? Yes, he's writing scripture. I hope he, you know, okay, okay. I, I say he's writing scripture. You know, he's inspired to write scripture. Of course he's a believer, of course. You, if you know the life of Paul, you realize his dramatic conversion, um, that God entered his life. He wasn't looking for God and God found him uh, and interjected in his life, changed his life and changed his life as he is an apostle, one to speak for God uh, and sent by God. And so as you look at this, you realize, of course, Paul is a believer. He is not talking about his old life. He is talking about his present life. And I, I want to tell you that even as I read this, as I studied this week, it's uncomfortable for me because I want to think about coming to know Jesus as, oh, the old life was bad. The new life is perfect. <laughs> um, and, and without problems and worries and sins are behind me. Uh, how'd you like that, uh, that scripture that Brandon dared to share with us this morning? <laughs> I want to tell you, that's important stuff. I know some of you struggle, and some of you don't struggle that should struggle, okay, when it comes to, and he's not talking about strong drink, he was talking about wine, you know, he's talking about white claws is what he was talking about, right? <laughs> Sorry to say that like that. I, I want you to get it, it's, it's important, but, but like this picture is, I, I think a lot of us think about our, our faith in Jesus, and we say, oh, I used to struggle, I used to struggle, but then I came to know Jesus, and all my struggles went away. And I want to tell you that this passage, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is talking about in the present tense, he's talking about himself, and if he's talking about himself, who else is he talking about? You and I, you and I, or I and you, however you want to look at that, right? Pastor, the people, or the people and the pastor, it's everybody, okay? The Apostle Paul, pastor, people, all of us are in there. I want to say this, too, before we get rolling. Um, He's talking about himself, other believers as well. Unbelievers, this isn't really a passage for them, except for them to think this way. And if you haven't trusted in Christ, if you're here today and you're just kind of checking out the church and want to know what God has for you, I'm glad you're here. This is a great spot for you. These are people that want to love and care for you and encourage you and teach you. But if you haven't trusted in Christ, the only part of this section really that equates to you is that which is connected with the flesh. And so as we look at this, you'll say, oh, that's where my life is. It's lost in the flesh, lost in the flesh. And you'll see some things as we go through that. Um, But I, I want you to get this, and this is very important for us to get. A believer, a believer in Jesus the Apostle Paul 
lives close to Jesus, lives close to Jesus, walks with Jesus, trusts in Jesus, and he lives a victorious life. And other times, he lives apart from Jesus. And it looks just like the life of an unbeliever. I know that's hard for us to get, and we may struggle more with it even as we go on. But I just want to set that up as we go. And so we start in verse 14, Paul's present problems. I like the way I put three Ps in there. Um, I didn't even have to struggle too much with it. It just kind of came to me. It's not inspired or anything. It's just Ps, Paul's present problems. The rest isn't going to be as fun. Um, Paul's present problems. Verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual. And he's been talking about the law and grace and putting them side by side, but God's law, God's law that brought about, um, shown him to be sinful, which was good because he was sinful and because we are sinful. That's why the law is good. It shows what is true. Uh, it helps us understand clearly. Uh, and, and he reiterates once again in verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual. It's of divine origin and character. It's from God. He says in verse 14, that he, he says it again, the law is spiritual, but he's wanting to say something else. But I am of the flesh, sold under sin. This idea of the flesh is the, the idea of highlighting our weakness or our mortal being, of us being human. And the highlight of that is, is the distance we have from God's law. The distance we have from God's law. So when you see flesh... Uh, when you hear the word flesh. Now, I, I want to I make this distinction. When you think of flesh, a lot of times you go, oh, it's just a flesh wound, right? What does that mean? It just was no big deal. It's just part of the muscle. It'll grow back. It's not that big of a deal. And when you think of flesh and bones, we think of this body here. And we realize uh, that this body is in transition, right? It, it's sometimes healthy and happy and all, all good and everything, and other day, days it isn't. But we realize that uh, there's a distinction between our physical body and who we are as a person. Um, that's not the distinction that the flesh is making right here. I, I want you to get this. This is very important to see this uh, critical distinction. When Paul is talking in this passage about the flesh, he is talking about our humanity, our humanity, our unredeemed humanity. And if you think about that, and you know the book of Romans up to this point, you realize that this unredeemed humanity is connected back to your father, your father who? Adam, right? Not, you know. Not the last father, but the first father, Adam, right? And so you go back to him and realize your connection to Adam. Uh, when you say connection to Adam, you realize that that's your connection to humanity and really your connection to sin, right? Because uh, he was the first sinner. So I, I'm going on in this and we might not get very far. But um, th- this idea here of this flesh is that uh, what's marked by this humanity is that all, because of sin, we are not, um, the, the, the language here, it seems a little awkward, sold under sin. The point is we're not sold to sin, but we're sold under sin, meaning this picture that we are under sin, sin being up here, us being down here. Uh, he also uses terms of slavery 
and the idea that we are a slave to sin. And, and when you think about that, I, I think it's important. A slave is not, a sin is not your toy, right? We think of sin as a toy that we play with and we walk away when we're tired of playing anymore, but that's not sin. Sin is, sin is enslaving and we are under sin in our humanity. So as you think about your flesh, your flesh, your humanity, not just this, but your person apart from Jesus, what are you? Sold under sin. Let that sink in. And this is Paul talking in the present tense. This is kind of hard for us to uh, fathom. And I'd say it this way just to start out with. And this is a very big concept. Our flesh, our flesh, our humanity did not get saved. Our flesh did not get saved. It doesn't improve. Okay? And you're just going, what did you just say? Let me say it again then. Our flesh did not get saved. In fact, what's going to happen to our flesh, our humanity when we die? It's going to be left here. And so he's making a distinction here, okay? It'll hopefully become more clear as we move on. And he tells us more about the flesh. He's, he, he says, uh, verse 15, and it's kind of hard, I kind of fumbled over reading it because it's so repetitive, and he, he says do about 30 times in there. Um, in, in verse 15, he says, I do not understand my own actions. Part of the flesh weakness, and when you hear that word flesh, one of the main characteristics of the flesh, our humanity, is weakness. Um, Think about that. That's really, when you think of humanity, what's the one thing that, that God identifies in the New Testament? Paul loves bringing this out over and over again. What is flesh? It's weak. It's weak. You, apart from Jesus, is what? Weak. Weak. Um, this is very important for us to highlight in our own mind. Uh, you see the flesh weakness um, First of all, it doesn't make sense. In verse 15, he says, for I do not understand my own actions. Um, Paul is speaking as a believer, as an apostle, he is revealing the Christian heart, the Christian heart, the Christ follower, the redeemed heart. And he says, I I don't understand what I'm doing. And no no one said it, but why didn't you say amen? Right? Right? I don't understand what's going wrong here. I, I'm struggling in my life. And, and Paul highlights the, this struggle within him. And, and I want to connect it to your own life right now. Some of you are wondering, am I, you know, is something wrong with me? And, and Paul's saying, yes, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yes. And he's also saying, there's something wrong with me. And I, and I don't understand it. He, he, um, he, he goes on, just, just continue to follow this thought. He says, I don't understand. For I do not do what I want to do, but I do the very thing I hate. It doesn't make sense. Paul's saying, I don't make sense. I know uh, what it is that I want to do, but I don't do it. In fact, I don't do it. What do I do? The very thing I hate. Paul's describing 
what it is, this flesh inside of him, these actions that come out, he says, my, my flesh weakness is ready to be displayed in doing the very thing that I hate. In verse 16, he says, now if I do what I don't want to do, which I do, I added that in there, just to say another do, um, I agree with the law that is good. And once again, he's highlighting the law is good. You may not think it's good because it seems like so much bad is coming out of it, but it is good. And, and when I do the thing that I don't and I hate it, what does that show? I, I, I want to tell you, um, one of the marks of a believer is that you hate not just sin in the world, but sin in you. I, I, I want to tell you, there's, there should be some encouragement in your soul when you're grieved over your own sin. And you say, oh, you know, I just hate the sin that I'm doing. And I say, praise God, that's the work of God in you. That's what Paul did. He hated the sin in his own life. I want to tell you, I know this is a fine point, and I know it may feel like the advanced class, but it's so important for you, for me too. Flesh weakness is ready to be displayed in the very thing I hate. And when we are, are wanting to do something different and yet doing the thing that we hate, we agree with the law. The law is being the one that is revealing to us really the, the values of God, the, the way that he thinks about us, the way that what he has saved us for and saved us from. Verse 17, so now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. This is the point he's gonna bring up really three times, that it's not you anymore. You have a new identity. I, I wanna first talk about the old identity, and if you haven't trusted in Christ, this is your present identity. This is your present identity. You are a sinner stuck in sin. You're a sinner stuck in sin. And it's not that you sin every time, every time you speak or every time you act, but I want to tell you the character of your life, the thing that describes you best is a sinner. Remember last week we ended up in in verse 13 uh, where it says sinful beyond measure and that can describe the life. Uh, We sang a song and was really where we're going to end up, uh, Amazing Grace, that saved a wretch like me. That's who you are if you haven't trusted in Christ. You're stuck there. That's the only thing to identify yourself by is sin. Uh, and I, I'd say it this way. So, so for the unbeliever, they're stuck in sin and that's all, that's all. But in verse 17, in verse 17 for the believer, it says this, So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. It's not I that is is the sinner, not in my person, my new identity as a believer, redeemed person, the spiritual one that has been saved. My identity now is not the one that is a sinner. It is sin, uh, not the slavery of sin, but the sin that I have done in the flesh that dwells within me. 
I hope this is helpful what I'm going to tell you right now. Sin is a squatter. Sin is a squatter in your life. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's a squatter in your life. Uh, you, you know what a squatter is, right? Uh, you, you could go to various parts of Tehachapi and you can see people that are just living uh, on land that is not their own. They've pitched a tent or they've gone in an abandoned building and they said, I'm going to live here. But when the owner shows up, what are you doing here? I'm just living here. Get out of here. No, I, I'm going to stay here. No, you're not. You're going to get out of here. I'm not going to leave. Call the police. This is my property. This is not right for this person to be here. This is not their home. And I want to tell you, for if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, sin has no right uh, standing or right place in your life. There's no home for sin in your life. It used to be true. Sin could say, well, I've been here for a long time. Not anymore. This house has been sold. It's been bought and paid for. You need to leave. You need to leave. Sin is a squatter. It no longer has a residence in you. It's still present, but does not belong there. Does not belong there. Uh, we're going to come back to this point, but this is really the point of the message today. Sin does not belong in your life, but don't be shocked when you walk away from the Lord and you sin because it's still present. It's still present. Now, there's a Gnostic warning here. Um, Some of you know where I'm going with this, but you don't need to know what Gnostic is or whatever, but there, there's a philosophy that's gone on really since the beginning of time. And one of the tenets of it is that which is physical is bad. That which is spiritual is good. And so uh, some might look at this passage and say, well, that's what Paul's talking about. You know, you can sin in your body. But that's not me. You know, is my hand doing the sin? It was my head or my foot or, or some part of my body. The body is what is bad. The body's doing its own thing, you know, going about sinning. But me, I'm spiritual and good. You can see where that would allow someone to freely participate in many sins. And I want to tell you that the enemy is going to use this in your life over and over again. And I think about it in terms of perversion right now. It is being used over and over again. In the church, outside the church, I'm a good person. I just do this particular sin. They wouldn't even call it a sin, but like I'm a spiritual person that believes in God, but I've rejected his word. I'm doing my own thing. I want to tell you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. The distinction here is this, and this is what Paul speaks to. Your spirit or your mind being redeemed eternal and your flesh being ready, being ready to sin if given the opportunity till we leave this earth. So we looked at Paul's present problems. Now in verse 18, we go to his present condition, maybe more of the same. Uh, as you look at verse 18, uh, chapter seven, verse 18 Paul acknowledges some things that are important for us to acknowledge as well. He says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me 
that is in my flesh. Okay, he, he wants you to know that he's not talking about that which is redeemed. He's talking about that which he is still carrying around in the flesh. And I want to tell you that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, there is this flesh humanity that is still, you're still carrying around. I know this is challenging stuff, but I want you to hear from the word of God. I want to tell you that what's so great about the book of Romans throughout the scripture as well, but especially the book of Romans that we're getting to study, is God says it, says it plainly to you. And some of you are going, well, I don't know how that makes sense. I know, because your mind is very small, okay? Our mind is very small. I say your mind, but, you know, look at the guy, right? Uh, Guy's preaching, you know, very small. And and when we look at the mind of God and and him being infinite and us being finite, created beings by the one who is infinite, Right? And so, of course, there's things that aren't going to make sense. But I, I want to encourage you, take him at his word. Take him at his word. Just as a three-year-old would look to their mom and dad and go, man, this is scary and crazy and bigger than I can. And he says, trust me. He says, okay, I'll trust you because you're the dad. We're, this is what we're doing as we look at the book of Romans. And we looked at uh, verse 18, and he says this, Nothing good dwells in me that is in, the, in my flesh. Let, let me ask you a question then. If nothing good dwells in me in the flesh, apart from Jesus, for the unbelievers, it's all of life. Should you trust to do good your flesh? No. What should you trust the flesh with? Nothing. Nothing. You should be fearful of the flesh. And and when I say fearful, I'm not saying like afraid, like walking around in fear, but like afraid of like like trusting your 12-year-old with the keys to the car, right? You say, oh, nothing but bad is gonna happen, right? And you should think about that in terms of your flesh. Paul did. Paul the apostle, who is much more mature than me or you, And he says, nothing good dwells in me in the flesh. He goes on to describe and he says, for for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Let me ask you the question. Let me ask you the question. If you're an unbeliever here today, can you please God without being his follower, without being redeemed? Can you? I'll tell you the answer, no. <laughs> let, me, let me talk to the believers here today. Can you please God without trusting in him to bring about the, the strength that you need? No, no. Why? Because I don't have the ability not to sin apart from Jesus. I think that we um, are, because we're American, I, I don't know if other cultures do this. I ask, yeah, the Germans do. I would say a lot of the European, proud European people and the arrogant um, Russians probably as well. I'm just, this is off the top of my head. If I miss your um, nationality, I'm sorry. Um, 
you know, uh, I, I just want to say that because we, we feel like we are strong people, sometimes we think, oh, I'll just be strong and I'll somehow please God in my own strength. And the apostle Paul, what does he say? No way, it's not going to happen. I don't have the ability to do so. And as he, as he speaks of this, verse, uh, look down at verse 19. Uh, for, for I do not do the good I, I want to, but the evil I, I do not want to do is what I keep on doing. I, I want to tell you that this is an ongoing situation. When will this, uh, for those of you who are older here, when will this go away? You got the answer. I hear you mumbling it. Uh, you don't want to say it clearly, and I appreciate that. But you, you know that feeling, and, and I think that for those of you who are younger here today, there's this frustrating feeling of getting older that, that you say, I feel like I should be past this by now. I, I feel like I should be more mature at my age, spiritually. And yet the Apostle Paul, the writer of most of the New Testament, he says, this is an ongoing situation. This flesh is not getting any better over time. Like, it's not like fine wine. It's more like stinky garbage, okay? Uh, it continues to smell and it continues to be repulsive as life goes on. It can be ongoing. And then in verse 20, he says, Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. I, I want to point something out. Verse 20 says, it ends up with, but sin that dwells in me. Uh, if you look back, to verse 17, what does that end with? But sin that dwells within me, okay? And th- this idea is that sin continues to dwell in me. I am redeemed, I am redeemed. I am, have a relationship with Christ. I am saved, I am going to heaven. I'm walking with Jesus, but the minute that I don't, the minute that I don't, I don't lose my salvation but I am prone to sin once again. I'm prone to sin once again. If I try life on my own as a believer, what's gonna happen? Or what could happen? Any sin, right? I think you're getting uh, the danger of, as a believer, as a saved one, abandoning Christ in that relationship. Um. Verse 21, now we get to Paul's truth to remember, and this is kind of for us to, to really think through what, what do we, how do we think in terms of being a believer right now? How do we go about this afternoon, tomorrow, the next day? Uh, verse 21 says this, uh, so, so if I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. I want to highlight that last part. Evil lies close at hand. For the believer, we need to know that letting our guard down, going back to life by myself, and it's not 
believer, unbeliever. It's the idea of going, I can do it on my own. I, I know I'm redeemed. I know you're my savior, but I'm going to try life on my own today. Why should we not do that? Because evil is right at hand. Temptation is right there. I, I think that if we were honest, those of you who are believers, you could give specific examples of your own life of when you let down, of when you quit following Jesus, when you back away from him, what enters your life. And what that is, that's fleshly living, right? That's fleshly living. That's trying to go back. Um, Sin is being a squatter and he's taking over the home. I know this is hard to sort out, but um, I'm just going to lay it out there and we can talk about it in the weeks to come. Evil is right there. Uh, Verse 22, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being. I want to just say something right there. You know what? What what is that? It's the mark of the believer, right? The mark of the believer says, I delight in the law. As I read the scriptures, I go, oh, that's so good. I I love the idea of following after God. I I think that is what he saved me for. I, I rejoice in my inner man in that. But Paul puts that, that idea, right next to something else. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. Verse 23, but I see my members, in my members, another law, waging war. Waging war. When he speaks of his members, he speaks of, uh, as someone would talk about the parts of his body, but in his flesh, he's saying all of that which is... Um, fleshly right and he says in those different parts of my life when my old life really as I go back to that what is there there's a war going on there's a war going on it's hard for us to imagine we've read in history most of us have not been in a war and even some of us some of you who have been in a war I have not been in a war you've been on the battlefield but maybe you haven't seen the 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 ugliness of war and I want to tell you, Paul is connecting it with the battlefield. And Paul's truth to remember is what? There's a war going on. And I want to tell you that um, I, I convicted of this myself. What's going on in your kids? What's going on in your kids? I, I want to tell you that uh, there's a war going on. If your kids, your grandkids are believers in Jesus Christ, this is going on in them. And there's this war going on. I want to tell you if your kids and grandkids are not believers, they're embedded in that war. That's the life that they live. That's what they're destined for. There's nothing good that can come out of it. They're not winning the war. Uh, they're, They're captives. We'll get to that in a moment. But Paul says for himself, he knows there's evil right there. He thinks of it in terms of a war. And I want to tell you that the seriousness of war, um, we live in a beautiful place in Tehachapi. And, and most, I'd say most of us live here because we didn't want to think about the war, right? Where'd you move from? The war zone, <laughs> right? I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, many of you know this, uh, probably shared it long, long ago, but when Rebecca and I first moved up here, we moved, um, 
the week after the Northridge earthquake, and our apartment was condemned, okay? Uh, we, we, we weren't there. We were traveling. At, we were in Idaho, um, like a lot of Californians. No, I was speaking at a camp. But um, I, I was, we were up there, and we found out that there was an earthquake. We come back, and it was like a third-world garage sale. Like, there, people are just chucking stuff out of, out of our, the apartment buildings that we lived in. It was just chaos, and, like, people were roaming the streets, and uh, there were police, like, trying to stop looters. And, and I remember putting all our junk in a U-Haul and moving up here, and I go, oh, I got out of the war. Oh, it's so peaceful. I can't believe I'm here. I, I want to tell you, don't let the beauty fool you into believing that there's not a war going on. Paul looked at his own person and he said, there's a war going on in me. Not a war for salvation. That's already been settled. But uh, the sin that dwells in it is continually fighting and continually ready. He, said, he uses war terminology. And then uh, he also says, if this war doesn't go well, what happens? Uh, there's waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members, right? Okay, so what's gonna happen if I give in? I become a captive, a POW, okay? Uh, I, I want you to get this, and it's very important for us to understand what sins, what sins can believers get stuck in? What sins? Think about that, right? What kinds of sins can believers get caught in? All. All. And, and your mind can wander right now and you go, that just doesn't seem right. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. This is what the scripture, this is what Paul is sharing. He says there's a war going on and if the war doesn't go well, I become captive. I, I, I'm not captive. I, I'm freed from sin. I can have victory over it. But I can become a captive to sin as a believer. This is heavy stuff. POW, if I'm not walking with Jesus, I, evil is right there. War is going on, whether I acknowledge it or not. And ultimately, I can become a POW. Verse 24, and this is his concluding thoughts, and I think it's so beautiful the way it comes together. And I, I went into Zach's office. I boss him around quite a bit. You'd be surprised. Um, we have a great relationship, I think. Um, and I said, amazing grace this week. And he goes, got it, good. Um, why? Because he saved a wretch like me. <laughs> Paul's like culmination as he's walking through this and and maybe this is the way you feel and if you've got it I I want you to think in your mind Paul's writing scripture he's mature in his faith he's he, he knows right theology he's got all this and what does he say verse 24 get it wretched man that I am the conclusion for Paul is not I'm killing it victorious. I'm on the white horse in the surprise box, right? Uh, Paul's not talking about how great he is in Jesus. He is saying, oh, wretched man that I am. 
I want to encourage you not to overemphasize the strength of your humanity. I want to encourage you to think of it accurately. And if you think of it accurately, what will your conclusion be? Oh, wretched man that I am. That, that, that word wretched, the Greek word wretched, is the, the idea of enduring toils, troubles, afflicted. It's the idea, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I'm a failing mess. I'm a weak, failing mess. A wretched man that I am. And that should be our individual conclusions to the reality of what the flesh is. That should be our individual conclusions. It was Paul's, and he shared it, I believe, that we would agree with him about the state of humanity and that we too would say, oh, wretched man that I am. But wait, there's more. He asked the important question, who will deliver me from this body of death? The question is, and it is a very important one, if we're a mess, if we're a mess, who, who's our deliverer? How can this be good news? Where is the gospel news in this? Where is it? I, I want to tell you, Paul was not confused. He was not afraid to say the truth being bad. Why? Because he knew the truth that is good. Verse 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What's going on in your life right now? Uh, your life might be a mess. Your life might be a mess. There might be things going on outside your life that's impacting you. Um, you might be a mess. You might be a mess, failing in your sin. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've trusted in him, and if I came up to you or somebody came up to you or your kids came up to you or your spouse came up to you and said, what are you thankful for? Say, oh, it's not what am I thankful for. It's who am I thankful for. I thank my God who loved me so much, who sent his son Jesus, sent his son Jesus, that I would not be stuck in this flesh, this failing flesh forever, but that, that I might be redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. And so we can say, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul summarizes what life is. He says this, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Sin is a squatter. When will you be done with this sin? Well, there's two options. The Lord's return may it happen today, may it happen today, or the day he takes you home as a believer. You'll be done, you'll be done with sin. I hope that's encouraging to you. I know it's a lot to take in. I know that you're gonna have questions, that's okay. Um, I might not have answers, but we'll stare at this over and over again. But I trust that God is gonna work in our life to trust him with this day that we would not go back to the flesh, uh, go back to the sin which is so ready for us and so tempting for us uh, at any phase of life. God, thank you for this morning. God bless your, 
your word. May you be the one to, to impact us with this, to, to plant this in us, and that we might see and humbly walk with you. Dependent, may we, uh, we thirst to be close to you, knowing that if we're not close to you, we will go back to those same sins, that these indwelling sins that dwell in us and, and will one day be rid of. Lord, we, we're excited about that. We're thankful for what you have done. We realize that there's nothing good that dwells in us in and of the flesh. And God, uh, help us sort this out. Um, help us walk with you in humility, knowing that we need you for everything. Pray your blessing on the church. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.